perfect love casts out all fear. Mm. Yeah. That when we've encountered the person of love, what happens? Fear is gone, mm-hmm. right? It's this fear of man, this fear of failure, this fear, fear of tripping over yourself or making a fool of yourself, whatever it is. I wasn't uh, by nature a young, a young boy who was fearless or bold or whatever. But as soon as the Holy Spirit got a hold of me, all of a sudden people are telling me, Sam, you're so bold. You're so fearless, whatever it is. And it's like, well, that's amazing because that's not me. That's actually the Holy Spirit living yep. inside me. Welcome to Beyond Damascus, friends, the show where encounter meets mission. I'm your host for today's show, Aaron Richards, joined here in the illustrious, we haven't said that word. We haven't. I like that word. The illustrious Damascus Media Studio with my friend and brother in Christ, Brad Piran, and special guest co-host for today, Sam Halligan. Welcome. Yes. Welcome to the show. Yes. Good to have you, Sam. You. Glad we to like high Excited to have you back. So Sam Halligan, friends, for those of you who don't know, Sam uh, is a star amongst our staff. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, back when we were talking about uh, kind of re-establishing Beyond Damascus a couple years ago, before Sam moved to the northwest region of the U.S., he was on the docket to participate in the show. So mm-hmm. you're you're getting a taste today for what you missed um, yeah. in Sam's in Sam's move across the country. Here we go. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Sam, so Sam works with us here at Damascus as um, the director of our Northwoods Hub. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we haven't. We talk about Damascus. You guys know, uh, joining the show uh, before, that Damascus, we're a campus here in central Ohio where we work with missionary young adults to uh, awaken, empower, and equip disciples to live the adventure of the faith, to, to equip missionaries. One of our one of, one of our works is that uh, as we explore and encounter different regions across the U.S. where there's either a contingent of engaged Damascus families or Catholic Youth Summer Camp families, or whether there's an opportunity for expansion into a new or developing market, um, we'll plant a hub there. A hub is a, a team of four to six people who's living out the charism of Damascus every day. And ultimately the work you're engaged in this summer is preparing for a summer camp. Oh yeah. So Catholic Youth Summer Camp is not just here in central Ohio, but also in the great state of Wisconsin this year. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got we've got close to a thousand kids who are going to be on campus with Sam. You're leading a missionary team of what fifty? Yeah, we got about fifty young adults coming out, and uh, yeah, it's going to be an amazing summer. Yeah. So Sam Halligan's been a part of our staff for a number of years um, here at Damascus, and couldn't be more excited to have you on the show, man. Yeah. yeah. Happy to be thanks. Here, man. Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks I also love that. I also love just it's good to have you back on campus because yeah. there's something about as you expand. I'm sure the people listening that have been a part of organizations or companies that expand, like over time, uh, the mass that you had at the beginning, kind of the critical mass, begins spreading out and doing different things. So it'll just be refreshing to kind of chat and yeah. hear all the amazing things going on. Yeah. Uh, why are you here, Sam? Because we're in the middle of our, I guess, Equip Auxiliary Week this mm-hmm. week. So our Equip Conference, we'll, we'll, we're actually, we got a couple shows that we're recording this week because... Um, the Equip Conference is one of the most exciting mm-hmm. moments of our of our year, right? Mm-hmm. It's where we gather uh, the 250 missionaries that are going to be sent on mission this summer, and we spend an intensive weekend on retreat and then an entire week in ministry training and formation. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, tune in tune into our our next show if you want to hear more about the Equip Conference and a lot of the good work that happens there. But mm-hmm. this week prior, those who are engaging in the equally important life-saving work of um, 
activity leadership mm-hmm. and uh, and waterfront leadership and practicing all of the skits and dramas and worship that we're going to be engaging in mm-hmm. on campus. That's what we're that's what we're practicing this week. So I just got back from uh, a session of lifeguarding instruction down <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> so uh, I didn't I didn't get too much sun, I don't think. But if I look a little red on the face, that's why. That might be the reason. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm wearing my swim shorts under here. I'll be jumping back into the ring right after the show today. So. Uh, it, there's, it's just, it's just, an, it's an electric environment here at Damascus. Yeah, week. it's a full life. Well, I, I, what I love about the um, Equip Conference in general, and it starts auxiliary week, and then we go into the formal week of formation. But what I yeah. love is just the different gifts that come to site. So, like, um, for those who aren't as familiar with Catholic Youth Summer Camp, we have a variety of staffs that serve over the course of the summer, and some of the people just have skill sets in different ways. So some like are amazing at activity leadership and amazing at like waterfront leadership yeah. and just like being able to bring fun into what's often routine. And then we have others that are like amazing musically and are giving that back to the Lord, amazing in medical stuff and mm-hmm. um, giving that to the Lord. And then people coming up with you to Northwoods. How's your experience been with like the Northwoods crew for the time being? It's been a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, no, I think there's a general excitement about going to a new place. Uh, we have... Mm-hmm. Lots of people who have been on the staff before that were out um, out in our uh, Northwoods region last year running camp and yeah. lots of new faces that are just uh, so excited to to go to a new place because I think it really is. It's that commission mm-hmm. of the gospel to go yeah. to uh, new territory, new places, proclaim the name of Jesus and help bring mm-hmm. conversion. Yeah, and, and take your gifts, right? Yep, like, exactly. like, I think that's just like, um, well, obviously, like... Um, T- today, I guess. Well, I'll let you say what we're talking about today, but <laughs> gifts, I think, uh, kind of naturally translate into that. Yeah. Well, f- uh, for those of you who may be joining um, for the first time or, or could use a little refresher, like the reason we call the show Beyond Damascus is because um, we, we look to the story of St. Paul and um, St. Paul encountered the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus in a way that transformed his life forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't the end of his story. That was the beginning of a, of a, a life-transforming event mm-hmm. that 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 took him through a process, right, of being awakened to faith through an encounter mm-hmm. with Jesus, being empowered uh, by the Holy Spirit through the Christian community, the missionary community in the city of Damascus, and then ultimately being equipped for mission and sent out mm-hmm. to be the apostle to the Gentile world. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and the Apostle Paul is, uh, he's kind of where we root ourselves. Today, today's topic that we're going to be discussing is one that is uh, near and dear to the lifeblood of Damascus. Why? Because evangelization is impossible without this best kept secret. Um, mm-hmm. uh, our, our church has been has been speaking this word for for well since Jesus opened his mouth for the first time. Right. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was before that. It was when <laughs> it was when it was when John the Baptist began to to speak about the mission of Jesus. <laughs> and even even as this message was was communicated and foreshadowed in in the prophets of the Old Testament. We see from the beginning that there was this promise that that the work that God would ask us to accomplish is impossible. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can we can all turn it's off. The and starting go home. point. <laughs> so, you know, the the Christian life that Jesus calls us to is impossible to accomplish. Period. End of story. Right. W- w- you are called to be perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Good luck. You know, you're called to be perfect. Uh, furthermore, Jesus Jesus even raises the bar. He says, you know, Jesus, the the perfect model of of God, man, mm-hmm. he says, if you believe in me, you'll do the works that I do and do greater works than these. You're called to be better than perfect. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and there's only, there's only one way. Yep. There's only one way that we, could, that we could hope to engage in this, right? Our theme this summer for camp is, is the source and summit. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I'm, I'm super pumped. I'm actually preparing a message for uh, for Friday of Equip Week. Oh, this is a retreat preview, okay? Mm -hmm. If you're a missionary at Damascus who happens to be watching this show on Friday prior to retreat, uh, you might hear this again tonight. <laughs> um, the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. uh, is is our source and summit mm -hmm. as well. That that the Holy Spirit is, is he he models he is the life that we attain to, and he is the prere the prerequisite mm -hmm. that is required to, to be in relationship mm -hmm. with him in order to have any chance of success, any hope of success mm -hmm. in the work of evangelization. Yeah. yeah, this won't be a surprise to you guys, but um, I got pretty fired up right after conversion and made a list of <laughs> titles of books that uh -oh. I might write eventually. And uh, one of my favorite titles that came up, and it was quite clever if I uh, am to say so myself, <laughs> um, it was entitled The Missing Piece, P-E-A-C-E, -E, colon, the Holy Spirit, and um, and so I thought that that was clever because it wasn't P I E C E. That's, that's pretty clever. And um, I think I was excited about it. You know, like yeah. you're 20 years old, hot shot, and got all these titles. But no, I think um, there is something about the Holy Spirit that does bring peace, right? Like the Holy Spirit, He brings a peace to us because it can be a hard ask, right? Like that. Wait, I'm called to live an impossible life. Mm -hmm. Well, how 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 does that? Well, how is that possible? Yeah. Well, the yeah. only way to live an impossible life is if we have a God that transcends impossibility. Yeah. And when you have in your life a God that you've seen time and time again transcend impossibility, mm -hmm. there's this peace that comes. And it really, I do think, is a peace that our world, and especially our church for the sake of the world, in this season really needs, you know? And I know, Sam, that like... Um, yeah, just the way that the Lord has worked in your life with the Holy Spirit has been so powerful. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think that... Um, We'll be excited to hear that today, but that piece, I just think that there's something there that it gives us this consolation. Yeah. And yeah. So, so call him sure, what you sure. will, uh, the, uh, the counselor, the advocate, the, spirit, the Holy Spirit, um, the cheat code. Uh, he, <laughs> is, he is the reason that, that we have hope yeah. for, for mission. Mm -hmm. um, he's the reason that we have hope for evangelization. Um, I, when I think of Sam... Um, I think of I think of a man who whose whose testimony is rooted in the Holy Spirit, and as I'm saying those words, I'm realizing that everybody's testimony. Yeah, yeah. Sure, there is no sure. testimony yeah. that is not rooted in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> exactly. In yeah. fact, you can't even say Jesus is Lord without, without the, 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 the faith yeah. of the Spirit, the power of the yep. Spirit working in your life. So, um, Sam, I, I'd love to invite you to share uh, your testimony of, yeah. of conversion and um, what brought you to the place of serving on mission with Damascus, <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, and the Holy Spirit's going to be the one on the on the on the on the podium today yeah, yeah. right yes no absolutely and something i love that you guys are sharing is just uh the work of evangelization is impossible without the holy spirit like yep. the church actually calls the holy spirit the principal agent of evangelization that mm -hmm. it's actually sure you could try to evangelize mm. through just jesus or the father but actually it's through the holy spirit that the work of evangelization is is accomplished and something that i love uh, when looking at my story yeah. is that there was almost like this initial conversion to jesus and then later there was this conversion to the Holy Spirit, mm. that there was kind of this two piece of like, okay, I've accepted Jesus um, and affirmed what was spoken to me at my baptism mm -hmm. and at my confirmation where I came mm -hmm. into agreement that yes, Jesus is the foundational point in my life. And for me, that really happened. You know, I was 20 years old. I was at a, at a conference of Eucharistic adoration and had this mm -hmm. awesome night of prayer. And it really came out of this strong place in my heart of hunger of just wanting uh, to have a relationship with Jesus. Because yeah. all throughout this conference, we're talking about, you know, Jesus can speak to you in prayer. You can have uh, life beyond the sacraments or life yeah. beyond yeah. what you've your your normal Catholic culture has been. And for me, it was this night of Eucharistic adoration where I just heard Jesus speak into my heart for the first time ever. It was, mm -hmm. it was clear as day. Um, just he said, I thirst. 
And it was that that hunger of Jesus from the cross that that really awakened me first to that conversion of Jesus and and mm-hmm. set up the the conversion of the Holy Spirit later. Yeah, I think the Holy Spirit. I, I, I think that it's just so interesting because I would say that so many of the young adults that we speak to have similar experiences, right? Like I yeah. give my life to Jesus at a young mm-hmm. age, yeah. and I do want to live for Him. Yeah. And then it's later that I discover, to your point, the principal agent that keeps me yoked to that commitment. Yes. You know, yes. it's almost like. Holy Spirit alive in me allows me to say yes to Jesus, but that's kind of his like covert operation, yes. you know? But then his overt operation, when I'm like, oh my goodness, yep. he's actually real yes. and a person, then all of a sudden that commitment comes to life. This yes. is what I mean. Ways. This is what I mean. The, this this word of source and summit is like breaking it, open it, to me. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, such a good word. You know, he like the, the spirit is the he fertilizes the soil. Mm-hmm. And then he is like he is the the light that the plant rises. Yes, and he's the rain that, it's, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. that soaks it's the like, soil. Yes. You, you, yeah. Oh, we we just we walk through this Christian life so many times, thinking that like mm-hmm. I've got to I've got to do this thing mm-hmm. so that I might attain like mm-hmm. yep. the yeah. goal of of finding fulfillment of finding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, do, do you realize that? Like first, the the motivation behind the very thought that you're having was yeah. was was Holy Spirit inspired. The, the the fact that you have the capacity to stand up and breathe and think that thought yeah. and begin to put it into action. Like he wrote this story and he's yeah. inviting you to participate in friendship. Yes. Um, I, before you before you go on, Sam, the the way that you're sharing this and and even just that 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 word or or that that thought process of of like finding conversion in the person of Jesus and then later finding. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we can say it because it's it's rooted in the history of the church. It's Thomas Aquinas. It's yes. John of the Cross. It's Teresa of Avila. Like a, a moment of reconversion yes. Yes. when you come into uh, a fuller relationship with with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, as you share this testimony today, I just I, I want to invite those who are listening, be ready to to receive and respond because I, I think that the story that you're sharing is a story I know I experienced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite, quite honestly, I've experienced multiple times in yes. my life, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's a story that that you've probably experienced as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's so neat to look at that of like this convert. I mean, it's because it's in the Bible, right? It's in Scripture. You see uh, these apostles who first encounter who the person of Jesus, and then yeah. what does Jesus promise them? Hey, you've seen me. I'm going away. Now you're going to receive the promise of my Father. Yeah. And you see it in Acts of the Apostles, where mm-hmm. you know Peter comes out preaches about the person of Jesus, and then mm-hmm. what do the people experience? They experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and I love that. Because when I look mm-hmm. at yeah. uh, just that initial conversion to Jesus, it was an initial conversion to wanting more for my life. Yep. You know, I've been plugged into Damascus and Catholic Youth Summer Camp. I was a camper back in 2011, <laughs> uh, little wee sophomore in high school. Um, I, have, I have distant memories of little camper Sam. Yes, <laughs> you you were uh, you were excited and on fire and. Um, wanted to change the world. Yes. And, then, and, uh, and now you're doing it. Yeah. Not much has changed. <laughs> yeah. The desire is still there. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to think about because uh, that conversion to Jesus, I stayed connected with with Damascus and actually ended up serving with uh, with Damascus the first summer we had yeah. uh, Damascus as a and as an here, apostate here in Centerburg. Here, here yeah. in mm-hmm. And uh, that summer during that missionary training, when we're talking about the Equip Conference, I think about that week of training. And that was probably the moment that I looked to, and I'm like, that was, as you mentioned, Aaron, you can experience the Holy Spirit as a reversion. And, and it's amazing because when you look at the Acts of the Apostles, I mean, it's like five, six, seven times where people mm-hmm. receive another yeah. outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It yeah. happens again and again. Mm-hmm. And I looked to that moment, though, of that conference and being like, wow, that was the time where I experienced the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit in a new way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Aaron was actually my small group leader during that, <laughs> during that <laughs> retreat. And I'm like, I never heard of... Uh, 
some of these gifts that Paul talks about of like the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, the gift yeah. of healing. And until really that conference and being there, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit came and then I began to prophesy. We're standing mm-hmm. in, the, in the circle praying with uh, these guys on on conference, the conference with us. And I'm like, I've never prophesied in my life. And all of a sudden I'm receiving words from the Holy Spirit and sharing them. I'm like, what yeah. is this? And it's, you can yeah. see mm-hmm. the tangible fruit of people receiving consolation and mm-hmm. um, encouragement and upbuilding. So. That's sweet. Yeah. And it almost, it gets us on this like track. What I, what I also love, Sam, and obviously just like living together, you hear each other's stories so often, mm-hmm. but just as you, as you kind of like make that cycle again, where Holy Spirit comes again and yes. brings you back to Jesus and to the Father, you actually hear like a different, um, like almost side of the story because yeah. he starts giving more and more um, light. But when I was listening to that, and we've all talked about this before, but um, I think it's worth noting that when we look at heaven to earth, you have Father who sends his Son, who goes back to the Father and sends his Spirit. So it's mm-hmm. Father, Son, Spirit. And then back to heaven, it's the spirit that stirs a commitment to the son who then brings us to the father. Mm-hmm. And then what What often, to your point, Aaron, at the beginning, the spirit, because of just how immeasurably humble and perfect yeah. he is, right? Mm-hmm. He's all about like pushing us to Jesus because because yeah. Jesus is the one who offered things on our behalf. We can relate to Jesus in a different way because mm-hmm. he became incarnate. And so then I experienced Jesus and he starts telling me things about his father and then Holy Spirit comes gives me back to Jesus and back. So you get it's caught because up. the spirit get the, caught up the person of love. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. You get caught up in that. And then like, and then over time there's just more and more like, um, there's just more and more revealed in that. And yeah. so I think that that's, that's so interesting the way that you're, um, setting it up, Sam, because I think there's so many people that can probably attest to that. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not just like a once like yeah. forever, you know, or a once for all. Yep. It's like, actually Holy spirit came, did something in my life led me to the Lord. And then I began to understand my sonship and the father. And then yeah. we did that again. Yeah. And yeah. then we did that again. And then we did that again and come into Damascus. Yes. Uh, just aided in that process. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I, we'll probably get back here a little later. I think we'll probably spend some time maybe toward the end of the show talking about this as well. But uh, Sam and I were talking before the show, Brad, before you stepped in today, yeah. um, of I, I was somehow on my on my YouTube feed, uh, a, some preacher guy who's like super critical of the of the charismatic expression of the faith hmm. popped up mm-hmm. exposing the falsehood yeah, yeah, in, right, right. in prophecy and in uh mm-hmm. resting in the spirit and praying in tongues mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um i I, fe- I felt on the trap of uh, allowing him to uh infiltrate my mind the yeah, other day yeah. and um as as i'm hearing you speak like uh it's so beautiful to remind ourselves that like the fullest expression of the charismatic gifts mm-hmm. isn't isn't so much that like uh, I don't know that these are the things that I need to do to prove yeah. something or to accomplish mm-hmm. something, but but <clears throat> the the gifts in us are are, are truly um, expressed. I don't know, maybe most beautifully when when they're a fruit yeah. of relationship. Yes, mm-hmm. like uh, Sam, you were just witnessing to to speaking um, accurate and heartfelt, like prophetic word mm-hmm. for the first time. Um, and it wasn't prompted necessarily mm-hmm. by like an educational course. And mm-hmm. here's how you here's how you watch someone's facial expression to see if they're responding well right. to this mm-hmm. uh, to this you know psychic maneuver. Yeah, it's not mere intuition, um, <laughs> yes. but it's like no, I'm in love with the person of yes. of the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. and all of a sudden like this this ministry is activated in me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let, explain more. You, you 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 fell in love with with the with the spirit. You encountered him in a powerful way during that yes. training. And 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 where have you gone from there? Yeah. No. I think um, it's amazing because even just like reflecting on that uh, 
that that first summer. I think that uh, the person of love, as we call them, the, the Holy Spirit. Um, one of my favorite lines in all of Scripture, I believe it's from First John, maybe chapter fourteen, where it says that perfect love casts out all fear. Mm, yeah. That when we've encountered the person of love, what happens? Fear is gone, mm-hmm. right? It's this fear of man, this fear of failure, this fear fear of tripping over yourself or making a fool of yourself, whatever it is. I wasn't uh, by nature a young a young boy who was fearless or bold or whatever. But as soon as the Holy Spirit got a hold of me, all of a sudden people are telling me, "Sam, you're so bold, you're so fearless, whatever it is." And it's like, well, that's amazing because that's not me. That's actually the Holy Spirit living yeah. inside me. And I remember so distinctly, one of the marks of that summer for me was just having such a full heart of faith. And and it, it is something that can't be mustered up or or white knuckled. It's something that's a gift, right? And, yep. and we receive the gift of faith. But every day I would receive Jesus in the Eucharist. And going back to to Neil, it was just asking the Lord, Jesus, who here needs a like a word of encouragement, whether it's yeah. a camp or staff member, whomever. Yeah, yeah. And without fail, that throughout that summer, I would consistently receive a word of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in a time of Mm -hmm. communion with the heart of Jesus and the Father and the Spirit and be able to deliver a word of of encouragement or a prophetic word of insight of of something to someone. And and it was just amazing because I think for me, that initial conversion or that initial re-knowing of the Holy Spirit was really marked by fear being kind of decimated in my yeah. life. Yeah, uh, the the word that you shared, and I, I think this is a this is a tripping point for so many people. Faith is such a unique ex- expression, gift, yeah. experience, right? Because faith is both a gift that we receive, um, yes, outside of our participation, mm-hmm. like a free, gratuitous yes. gift that mm-hmm. we receive from the Lord, and also an affirmation yes. of our agreement. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So so we have to act on it, mm-hmm. and it's a gift. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, just as as I was hearing you speak, Sam, you witnessed so so beautifully by the mm-hmm. life that you live yeah. of what it means to just receive mm-hmm. faith, mm-hmm. like to pray for faith, to receive faith. So I, I just I, I want to affirm today again, um, as we close out the show today, we're gonna we're gonna be jumping into a time of intentional prayer for yeah. outpouring of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So get ready, friends. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. as as Sam speaks that, like about about the gift of receiving faith. Mm-hmm. If you've ever prayed that prayer, like, gosh, I wish I had the type of faith that Sam Halligan had, or I wish I had the type mm-hmm. of faith that Brad Pierre had of being able to mm-hmm. speak or to pray or to or to mm-hmm. or to pray for healing and um, deliver people like from attacks of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, you yep. want it? Receive it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And- I, I think something that is what you're hitting on, Aaron, is the the fact that there are outward acts of faith, right? We have yeah. to we have to come into agreement with with these things. It's not just about sitting there and receiving and and hunkering down, right? That the gift of the spirit is meant to be shared and it's meant to be yeah. expressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think about uh, just in that time of of going from the summer and into I mean, I was going into my senior year of college after that, yeah. and it was just so funny because it's like, okay, you know, this is. Uh, if I'm going to believe that Jesus is who he says he is yeah. and I am who I say I am as a Christian, we have to acknowledge something about the charismatic expression of the spirit. One, it's not a spirituality. Every Catholic, every Christian mm-hmm. yeah. is by nature charismatic because charismatic mm-hmm. means filled with the Holy spirit. Yeah, Cause the church by her nature yeah. is charismatic. charismatic. Yeah. It's not a sect. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I think, uh, just kind of reflecting on that of going into that senior year, um, uh, of really just thinking like uh, we have to acknowledge the fact that this is weird. It's mm-hmm. outside of our experience. And and that's good because God is outside of our experience, yeah. right? He's mm-hmm. a supernatural being, mm-hmm. right? We, we read about the gospels and read about the works of Jesus. And it's like, yeah, if I saw a man who had been dead for days pop out of a grave, I'd be freaked out. <laughs> and it's like weird. <laughs> yes, it would yeah. be weird. And so 
I think sometimes when we're talking about the charisms of the spirit and we talk about the gift of tongues and the gift of prophecy and the gift of healing, it, it, it should weird us out that it's healthy to yeah. be a little like uh, that makes me uncomfortable well good because i'm, it I'm skeptical that yes. that guy just came yeah, out of that exactly in <laughs> good because because what it should lead to like uh-huh. th- that's what th- i love that you added that sam because this thought in my head it's not fully fleshed out yet but the gifts are the manifest reality of impossibility yes. that's what they are they're the manifest reality of impossibility. I'm it's that, that, it's that all, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, just entitle it, entitle it the missing piece. <laughs> missing piece. Oh, no, I'm kidding. But um, like, because it, it, it's actually the skepticism that comes because I see it as impossible. Right. It, it actually is impossible for you to speak a language you don't know. Mm-hmm. It's actually impossible for you to pray and speak some words over someone yeah. and for them to actually have a physical change. Or to have a spiritual change for that matter, or a mental change, like regardless, or mm-hmm. or even a life death status change, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's impossible. But what what begins happening is like from that skepticism, which I think is natural, and I yeah. think all of us in some way we've all faced those times where it's like, oh man, like this is outside of my God box. This is outside of what yeah. I can yeah. even comprehend. Yeah. But what the Lord does is He says, like, no, actually, that's the very place I want to meet you. Without me. Everything is impossible. Mm -hmm. With me, nothing is impossible. So as soon as I see a manifest reality of impossibility, Mm -hmm. instead of allowing my heart to go to skepticism, what if I allowed my heart to go to wonder? Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if that's true. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if that happened. Yeah. Like, again, it doesn't mean that you have to go wholesale on every single thing that's sold to you, but like, I wonder. Yeah. Let me ask about that. Let's talk about that, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's what you've done so wonderful from there sam but like um for the sake of the people listening because i we're talking about this um manifest reality of impossibility like why don't we put some flesh on that when you say like weird like things happen that are weird when you went back to college your senior year yeah like what was the lord doing in you Mm -hmm. that was different and then what was he doing through you that was different like just put some flesh on like weird so those listening are like okay i I can see that but yeah just speak that no absolutely i think um and to your point, Brad, what you're speaking, I think that awe and wonder that mm-hmm. of like God doing something outside of my normal experience, it, it creates, I would almost name it as hunger, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a very clear tie between hunger and relationship mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. that that it's actually from this place of hungering for the things that Jesus promised, uh, promised mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit is poured out into the church, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's any coincidence that there's 40 days of waiting between the be, between the time that Jesus ascends to the Father mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit's poured out, right? There's this this sense of anticipation that the apostles have, right? That mm-hmm. they're waiting and hungering. Jesus has left us. My best friend is gone. And he promises this thing. It's going to start to stir in their hearts this sense of hunger for his mm-hmm. promise. Mm-hmm. And for me, going from this place that was saturated with the Holy Spirit, right? Being on mission, praying every day, mm-hmm. being in a communion of believers, mm-hmm. that was really consoling for me. But then going back to my college campus, I mean, I went to an amazing Catholic school. Don't mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But going back, it's like, oh, some of these people aren't praying the same way I'm praying. Some of these people mm-hmm. aren't uh, believing the same things that I'm believing. There's kind of a static relationship with God. It's mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's almost like I can go to adoration or mass or whatever and and be mm-hmm. okay. But mm-hmm. actually, there's this key reality within the Catholic Church and within Christianity that mm-hmm. there is always more. Yeah. Because we believe in an infinite mm-hmm. God yeah. who has more for us. Mm-hmm. And for me, I mean, going back to that place of college, I mean, that fall semester was just, honestly, was just such a heart, like, uh, 
heart-wrenching time because I was just kind of dealing with, okay, I experienced this over the summer. I'd seen, you know, the the gifts of prophecy poured out, but then it's it's not equivocal to what I'm seeing on my campus. And so for mm-hmm. me, I did what I'd encourage anybody to do. And I began to just dive into prayer and adoration more and more. And so day after day, I would spend time, I, and I felt convicted by the Holy Spirit to bring my Bible to just yeah. like, this is the same Bible that I yes. spent time in adoration with. Like this has hours and hours of prayer and pining over the words that are in this book. Mm. And for me, something that became very apparent mm-hmm. was that the same things that I see Jesus talk about, mm-hmm. the same things that I see Jesus live, the same things that are written in the Acts of the Apostles were not uh, happening in my lived experience uh, as a college student in 2000 and uh, 17 when I graduated, right? This is, uh, and it began to stir my heart. Like Jesus, if you are who you say you are, would you pour out the same things that you did mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. your life and in the mm-hmm. lives of your apostles? You know, Aaron, uh, mentioned the scripture verse from John chapter 14, verse 12. 12. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. whoever believes in me will do the same works that I do and greater ones than these, because I'm going to the father. Mm-hmm. And so that became my prayer and something radically began to shift in my life where I began to actually believe Yeah that God can do what he says he'll do. Mm-hmm. You know, January of um, of my senior year, uh, I saw the first person I'd ever seen be miraculously healed. Uh, mm-hmm. It came out of this place of hunger, like, Jesus, uh, you want to heal. And and there's this man that I had met, I had befriended. Yeah. He was a guy who lived in, in Atchison, Kansas. Uh, he was just a guy I met at Walmart, and we began to build a relationship. But this guy struggled with COPD mm-hmm. um, and had uh, chronic bronchitis. And one day I had been talking to him. He had just gotten out of the ER that morning mm-hmm. and uh, just said, hey, can I pray for you for healing? And in a matter of five minutes, this guy's pain went from a level nine down to a level zero. We prayed for a few mm-hmm. times and just said some very simple words. Yes. It was nothing like a formulaic thing. If you're mm-hmm. listening and you're like, I don't know how to pray for healing. Well, it's like, it's very simple. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Those are the only formulaic <laughs> words it. you need. Yeah. It's in the name of Jesus, be healed. And if you screw that up, it'd probably be okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because he can bulldoze pretty much just about anything. But I loved it because for me, it was just kind of, you know, I prayed for this guy and he looks at me after like two or three times of praying and he just looks and goes, I feel like I could pick up this car right now. And I'm like, I could not do that by my own strength. And I like looked down yeah. at my hands. I'm like, did I just get bit by a radioactive spider or <laughs> yes, what just happened? Yes. I mean, so no, the Holy Spirit just began to work his yeah. mm-hmm. his life in me. Well, well uh, that's that's so awesome and bringing back so many um, fun memories. And Sam, mm-hmm. I, I just, I remember walking with Sam through this process because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you were, you were a camp counselor mm-hmm. who left our camp and now was going back to his campus and truthfully, engaging in boldness in the work of like powerful spirit-filled evangelization yeah. in a way that very few of our team yeah. were doing. Yeah. And I, I remember you called me on the phone one day to ask for your insight, to my, for my insight in like how you can be more effective in praying in this way. I was like, I, I have no idea. Like, yeah. I, I suppose you can, <laughs> I suppose you can do this yeah, and yeah. do this. So it's just like your, your boldness and your hunger, you, you use that word hunger. And uh, I just want to affirm that. I, I don't know that there could be, I mean, I'm sure there's, if, if, if you feel like you have a hunger in your mm-hmm. heart mm-hmm. and you're listening to the show today, like realize that, that a hunger for something more or, yeah. or, you know, whether that manifests as like a dissatisfaction in what I'm, what I'm seeing mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in my work and ministry right now, not from a place of annoyance or, or, or anger or judgment, but from a place of truly like, Jesus, I, I know you want more for me and I haven't seen it expressed yet, but gosh, how do we get there? Like that, 
that in itself is is that's the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. just poking mm-hmm. you, yes, poking yeah. you, poking you, and and <clears throat> and will you respond? And will you step into a place where you say, okay, here's my yes. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I give it all to you. I'm ready to look mm-hmm. ridiculous. I'm ready to look like a fool in front of my friends. Yeah. Right. I'm ready to have that guy on YouTube make videos about mm-hmm. me and call me a fraud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, because, because it's worth it. Because if I settle into a place of thinking that, that my uh, handle of, of how I'm living this life is sufficient, mm-hmm. then I'm, mm-hmm. I'm done. Well, yeah. It's just, I, I think there's so much in that. Like hunger is... It's the it's the right response to an infinite God. Mm-hmm. It's the right response because if there actually is always more, then I want to actually bring myself to not be satisfied with what I have, yeah. not out of ingratitude. Yeah. Like it's actually from a place of great gratitude. It's from a place of like not wanting to delegitimize the gift that yes. like God you you gave so great a gift in your Son, and when He returned back to you, Father, you poured out in an amazing way, so great a gift of the love you share Mm -hmm. that I want to get caught up in that forever. And I'm not, I'm not hungry for more because what you've given me is not enough. I'm hungry for more because I know you're infinite. Mm -hmm. It's the right, it's the right response. And what I, what I think that, especially, um, especially in my, um, in my day-to-day Catholic life outside of Damascus, when you're encountering people that go to church regularly and all this, there's so much goodness happening but the one misconception I see probably yeah. more often than any is that like in, instead of me thinking that it's actually the hunger that's going to be filled and that's how God's going to bring me into holiness, I think that I have to do all of these amazing things. And once I get to a certain level of holiness, then he'll give me a gift. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, but that's the exact opposite of how gifts work in the world. You give <laughs> gifts to people you love, not because yeah. they've earned it tremendously. And yeah. but But in the church, we can even see this. And I think it happens... Um, because we misunderstand how a saint um, is like, just like <laughs> formally pronounced. That like it wasn't that the saint like got so holy that God's like, "You're so holy, I'm giving you gifts." It's that the saint realized God was infinite, asked yeah. for gifts, was given them, stewarded them well, mm-hmm. and became holy. Yeah. Like that, it's it's not the reverse, and so and, and like that <laughs> that should bring us such peace. And I know I keep coming back to that word, but like there's so much peace in my life that okay, Lord, I don't have it all together right now, but you do have it all together and you hold it all together. Mm -hmm. And I actually will receive whatever you have for me for the moment in front of me. Mm -hmm. And if I steward that appropriately, I pray that you would give me more after that so Mm -hmm. I can steward each gift you give, which makes me holy. I don't even know if there's a better definition of holiness than the proper stewardship of all the gifts God's given, Mm -hmm. you know? But I don't know. Um, I, well, so Sam, you pray with this guy. He, he, his, his pain has, uh, is gone. You're freaked out. He's freaked out. Uh, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> this thing they told me about yeah, it actually right, works. Right, right. Yes. I read about it in that book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what What comes next? Yeah. I mean, I think really, uh, it's kind of what we've just been talking about, right? It's this hunger for more. It's it's seeing God manifest Himself yep. in a way that I was completely unfamiliar with, a way that, like, mm-hmm. quite honestly, scared the crap out of me. But but it created in me such a hunger of like, oh my gosh, God heard my prayer. I have been praying. For four, five months, like, God, would you do the same things you did in Acts of the Apostles and do it again? Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes it's like, we're not trying to hijack the early church. We're just trying to ask for the same thing that God has done in the past and renew Mm -hmm. it here and now. Like, I love love John the 23rd, right, where he talks about... um, that, that we would experience a new Pentecost. Yep. That, and, mm. and like that was like 1960, right? Like that was hmm. 50 something years ago, six years ago. It's something where 
where uh, for me, from that place of of praying with that man, I just began to just to just do what the the apostles did. And it was like, okay, I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to yeah. start using every moment available in my day as a as an opportunity to be a portal of heaven. Mm-hmm. And I use that word intentionally because the Holy Spirit, I think, just kind of reminded me of that. Is like, what uh, what does what does a portal do? It it gives access, right? It mm-hmm. it's being a valve, if you will. Mm-hmm. And for me, mm-hmm. during that that rest of that year, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to pass my classes. I'm going to I know I'm going to get the degree. But God, how can you use me on the way to class? How can you use me when I'm in the dining hall? Yes. I mean, there were times, so many times where I got rejected. <clears throat> so many times where I mean, quite mm-hmm. honestly, I from that time to. I graduated, I probably prayed for healing about 50 times on, mm-hmm. on, on the campus. Mm-hmm. I think I saw maybe three or four more healings by that time. Yeah. So my batting percentage was not that great, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing is that God doesn't call us to success. He calls us to faithfulness, yeah. right? That was, that's Mother Teresa. Yep. It's, not, it's not about, oh, I'm going to do this to see success mm-hmm. and to see mm-hmm. accuracy or to see mm-hmm. this. It's no, God, you ask this of me as your believer, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. yep. right? And I think for me, it was just something where... Uh, God, and I use this in complete humility, that God really used my yes to create ripples. Yeah. Like I I remember actually calling Aaron, calling a few other um, friends that were much wiser and older than I was in this mm-hmm. realm, and it was the last week of classes, and I, for some reason, had been asked to help lead a healing service on our campus, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, oh, wow, uh, me? Like the yeah. guy who's uh, only seen like three people heal? <laughs> um, and I was, I was asked to help lead this, and it was just amazing. It was totally the Holy Spirit. Like weeks leading up to this, this had been something, an event on our campus that had been going on for several years. And, and it was something where maybe it gained traction of 20, 25 people showing up. And we just started to believe that God would w- move in wonder and power. Yeah. And so we began to get students and, and teach them, hey, this is how you can pray for healing. This is how you can hear God mm-hmm. uh, in prayer and share uh, his words to other people. And we got religious communities to intercede and pray for this. In the night of this, this, uh, yeah healing service, 500 people show up and fill the Abbey Church on our campus. And we saw probably, I mean, tens and tens of healings during this night. I mean, things that, I mean, it was just, it was like, it was out of the book of Acts, honestly, it was, it was insane. And so I think for me, what did it do? It just created a, a hunger and it, yeah. it created the spirit of, God, you're not asking me to be successful at this. You're just asking me to be yeah. faithful. Yeah. That's, that's so, and that, that's such a good word for you, Sam. Um, mm-hmm. I, I see that, I saw that in, in the, in the testimony that I heard of that healing service in your college. I, I see that, you know, we have, we have exactly one person right now on our staff of over a hundred missionaries who's leading a national campus. And that's you, mm-hmm. um, you know, our, our first, our first, uh, re- regional campus rather outside of, outside yeah. of central Ohio. And why Be- is, was it because you had earned the certificate mm-hmm. or was it because you had, um, had, had proven your worth at mm-hmm. directing mm-hmm. the Ohio summer camp for years? No, it was because it was because you, you said yes to uh, a very maybe practical and more palatable mission. Mm-hmm. With the same faith mm-hmm. and the same and the same, um, yeah, faith response uh, to which you say yes when when God says, "Hey, would you would you risk making a fool out of yourself mm-hmm. tonight?" Yeah. You know, uh, Sam Halligan led uh, one of one of the the first college um, lay led healing services that I've maybe ever heard yeah. of, yeah. Uh, yeah. and. What what were your you know what was your experience before that? Well, you had prayed with four people, or you had, mm-hmm. you had you'd successfully seen four or five people right. healed from your prayer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And oh oh, by the way, you met the Holy Spirit at camp mm-hmm. five yeah. or six months before then. Yeah, like the the bar is so low. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, I've joked about it before, hmm. but I think that like God is so hungry for people to say yes. Mm-hmm. It's as it's as if God made a commitment mm-hmm. that I'm going I'm I'm going to invest this year in the planet Earth <laughs> ten thousand units mm-hmm. of Holy Spirit miracles, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and nobody's nobody's saying yes. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's receiving them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when and then when young Sam Halligan says yes, he's just like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. just take it all, mm-hmm. take it all. Here's yeah. all the grace I had for mm-hmm. this whole region. I'm just yeah, gonna give it, it to you because yeah. you're finally the one who stepped forward. Because it's my desire yes. for the earth, mm-hmm. and, and you stepped forward and said, here I am. You know mm-hmm. that like I, I've been thinking about the miraculous medal a lot, yeah. and, and because we we love that as Catholics, you see it on almost like every faithful person that's praying the rosary at mass, right? Like, but I, I was looking more into it, right, in the image of Mary with the graces coming out of her hands, and that that those graces are always available, yeah. but rarely received, mm-hmm. like rarely received in their fullness. Yeah. And that, that like that, that should excite us. Like that should excite us. And I, I think when I think about you, Sam, and we've talked about this a little bit, but I, I think that you from a young age, uh, had, um, a relationship with the Lord towards wanting to do something great. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to see how he's worked that out. It hasn't been in the way that the world would say like, do this and then it'll be great. But actually it's just been this faithfulness that's brought about greatness. And um, I, I've been thinking this whole time we've been talking about that um, that quote from Pope Francis, I think it was at a World Youth Day mm-hmm. and he was giving a homily yeah. that was just powerful. When, when, when Francis hits a missional homily, it's worth listening to six or seven <laughs> times. And uh, he was talking about how we in our generation need to substitute our couch for a pair of military boots. Mm. That, that we need to get up and go do something, that he prefers a, a, a world, not a world rather, but a church that is in the world so much that it's battered, beaten, and bruised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we should go in and just get muddy and it's going to be messy and it's not going to be perfect. But yeah. w- what I love that he kind of ends it with is, uh, and it's kind of even an aside in his, <laughs> in his classic way of talking, he's just like, you know, it's a very sad thing to go through life without leaving a mark. Mm. And it was just this aside where he said like, and I think one of the biggest issues in the, in the world today is that we have many people who are concluding their lives having not left a mark. And none of us want that. And I, I think it's a fear of failure. I think it's a skepticism that holds us back from stepping outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. And I do think that, Sam, your, your life just calls people further into mm-hmm. that. And so, um, well, from that first um, healing service, right, then you came um, and became a full-time missionary with yeah. us. And it was actually cool because... Um, the year after you graduated, you and I went back and I was able to just see what you had laid a foundation of. And we helped run the healing service that year. And to just see the faithfulness in action there was amazing. But when you came to Damascus as a full-time missionary, like, um, how did the Lord continue on what he's building? Yeah, no, it's amazing. I think because, uh, I think when God's doing something special, um, in someone's life, not because of any merit of their own, but just because he chooses it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think you look in scripture and it's not like, David was any more special than any other shepherd boy. It's that for some reason, un, like unmerited by David, he was favored by God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think being able to look at uh, those points of humility in our life of like, wow, I didn't earn this. I didn't strive for it. Like God just used me to help do something good here. And I remember looking at that first summer after I graduated, God really used, I think, my experience at Benedictine and as a student to like be like a nuclear bomb on our campus, yeah. right? We, mm-hmm. I think... That summer, we saw an exponential growth in just the hunger uh, to pray for healing, to pray prophetically, and then even seeing just like, I mean, we have a book 
and maybe we've talked about that on the show a little bit, but outside our chapel, we have this book called The Miracle Book. And I mean, you yeah. see pages upon pages upon pages of 2017, like the summer of 2017, 2018, and onward to now of just people literally mm-hmm. just writing down signs and wonders and miracles of what has happened in their life of kids who are out on the high ropes course that had a twisted ankle getting healed mm-hmm. just in plain daylight, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't some mm-hmm. spiritual experience in the club yeah. room. It was uh, just in the middle of the day. Hey, it's going to be hard. House. It's going to be hard to get down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we pray? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I think what I, what I love um, about this and how creative God is, is that yeah. when you see um, in the gospels and in our lived experience, the reason, why does God do this? Why does Jesus choose to heal or to, uh, to work in signs and wonders like this? Well, one, it's because they are uh, effects of the fall, right? You see sin, mm-hmm. disease, sickness, death. Like these are things that are, are completely contrary to God's original plan for humanity. Yep. And what does Jesus do? He comes in and he repeals everything that is uh, in opposition to the divine plan. Yep. And so Jesus never looks at these things as uh, goods to be embraced, but rather evils to be overcome. Mm-hmm. And I think about uh, when Jesus would go and, and heal the sick or raise the dead or multiply loaves and fishes, he demonstrates the gospel in the context of proclaiming the gospel. And how much more effective is that? When you see someone, I mean, I think about that all the time, uh, being a missionary here when I was in my first and second year, those those summers of, uh, of praying for kids for healing. And it's like, mm-hmm. boom, I just experienced something completely outside of my norm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now it's yeah. like a vehicle yes. to be able to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, yeah, God did just uh, lengthen your leg. I don't know how that's possible, but... Uh, that's that is mm-hmm. just a minute experience of what he wants to do in your heart yes. and being able to share you know Jesus died for you like this is this is mm-hmm. an, an effect of his salvific work through yes. salvation the gifts with the gifts within themselves contain the gospel yep so the moment a gift manifests okay again like we were talking about earlier there's impossibility mm-hmm. well god becoming man's impossible mm-hmm. god's outside of space and time he's infinite he's been around forever god infinitely blessed and perfect in himself in a plan of sheer goodness created man to share in his own blessed life so he created man to share in his own blessed life, but then he became man. Yeah, that's impossible, but he did it, right? Mm-hmm. And so the moment that a, a gift is demonstrated yeah. by the grace of God, yeah. in that, all of a sudden our eyes are open to wait, impossible is actually possible. Yeah. And that is the perfect moment to speak the gospel. Like, oh, I just, it, like, um, that, like those moments, yeah. if for anyone listening, like, those moments when you go and you and you see it and you just you see the opportunity to be like that was amazing and yeah. you know what's even more amazing like this god man who died for you and like who wants you back and so i i love that about your life sam it calls me on so much and yeah. i think um there's no one better to run our mission hub in the amen North we, we could we could brag on sam all day uh we could uh we could we could talk about the holy spirit Truly, all day. all day. In fact, we'll do it. We on, probably we'll, do. We'll do it on another show. <laughs> yeah. um, but I want to. I want to maybe close our time today, uh, in, intentionally praying for an outpouring of of mm-hmm. the Spirit. You know, we talk about the manifestation of the gifts, and I think um, it was mentioned earlier that a lot of times there's there's a skepticism or a hesitancy because like this doesn't feel like the the mainstream message that that the Lord wants to communicate. Uh, why why are the, the gifts important? Why are miracles, signs, and wonders important? Because they are, they're a sign of the kingdom, mm-hmm. which is our destiny, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Even, even St. Thomas Aquinas, he describes the gifts of the Holy Spirit as sort of uh, an expression 
of our resurrected experience mm -hmm. that we have access to in in the world mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, this this will be our expression in heaven. Um, you know, we, we always talk about how there, there's there's no there's no sickness in heaven, there's no injury in heaven. Maybe maybe there is, but maybe when it's you know when someone stubs their toe. Uh, it's healed. It's overcome because because there's there's no room for there's no room for overcome. suffering for suffering there because because every every suffering is overcome by the by mm -hmm. the victory of the cross right. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, that doesn't the preternatural gifts prevent you from stubbing your toe on a rock. Just <laughs> FYI, <laughs> some theological pondering. In any case, our 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 experience of the gifts today it foreshadows the 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 most beautiful work that, that is our destiny, which is that we would share in the divine life of the Trinity, yep. right? There is nothing more impossible than that. In his own blessed life. Um, you know, uh, when, when, when we are, when we're wrapped up in that dynamic cyclone of, of mm -hmm. the, of the Trinitarian perichoresis, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you, you're going to be looking back at that, at that healing service and thinking like, man, that was that was child's play. Yeah, that's like, just the beginning. It's just yeah. the beginning. It's just uh, the beginning. What we're what we're destined for, like mm -hmm. we have we have to begin to experience so that we can expect the impossible. Mm -hmm. If we're going to realize that our lives are destined for divinity, yeah. right? That our lives are destined to to mm -hmm. to be to be divinized, to be divinized, to yeah. share in to share in God's blessed life, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We're gonna pray. Um, we always well we we try to we try to close our show in prayer, but I, I want to be. I want to be deliberate today about um, about responding to the hunger that I believe the Lord is stirring in the hearts of many of our listeners today. So, if if you're hearing today's show mm -hmm. and you're thinking, "Man, uh, I I love I love being encouraged by listening to Beyond Damascus. I love being encouraged by the work that's happening at Damascus." But, gosh, isn't it isn't it great that there are missionaries who can do that stuff? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But there's like a longing in your heart that uh, I. It's I, actually you. I want to. Yeah. I want to step into the field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're you're called to step into the field. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, healing services are impossible for Sam Halligan. Um, they're impossible for Aaron Richards and Brad Pierre and uh, Dan Dente, wherever he is today. God bless <laughs> his soul. Probably running a healing service somewhere else. <laughs> uh, and, and 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 they're also impossible for you. Um, it is in fact impossible for you to deliver friends uh, an accurate prophetic word speaking into somebody's truth in their soul mm -hmm. or a knowledge of their life experience, it's impossible for you to pray in tongues that you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but, but thank goodness that, that the Lord Jesus promises us mm -hmm. an expectation of the impossible when we step into relationship with the person mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I, I love um, Pope Benedict XVI. We, we, we hold him up, you know, the German bulldog as, <laughs> as, uh, as, as the one who's, who's no-nonsense solid traditional liturgy, um, mm -hmm. and all of those things are excellent, excellent. right? Mm -hmm. Pope Benedict says Christ's entire mission is summed up in this, to baptize us in the Holy Spirit, to free us from the slavery of death, and to open heaven to us. So uh, I, I'm going to kick us off in prayer, and then mm -hmm. Sam and Brad, if you want to jump in. Um, I pray in Jesus' name right now for an increase in our hearts today of a hunger that can't be satisfied in any other way than through relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray that you would encounter the hearts of those who are listening to today's show, whether they're driving in their car, whether they're sitting in front of their computer, whether they're 
doing the dishes with their headphones mm-hmm. on, Lord Jesus, that you would interrupt our our day to day, and um, that you know, I mean, I'm even getting the sense that at various times through today's show, like the 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 hair on your neck is stood up, or like mm-hmm. you you felt goosebumps as as you've heard a word that just resonated with your spirit, and and right now I, I want to actually pray in faith that Lord you would you would increase the manifestation that you've that you've done in people's bodies even as a as a barometer that they would understand that lord it's your desire that you would transform our hearts our our mm-hmm. our souls our our bodies to be more like you so lord um, i pray that you'd come holy spirit come holy spirit fall on those who are listening to today's show in faith mm-hmm. lord god i just pray that <clears throat> you would just open the minds and the hearts of those listening uh, to see the mission context that you've given them. Thank you, Jesus. That it doesn't depend on being a missionary with Damascus or being uh, with any missionary organization or having that be your job title, but rather that if you work at UPS or at Walmart or um, in the the job field, that that God would show you the mission context that you've been called to. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but that the Holy Spirit wants to dwell and be there with you. As we're praying, I just really believe and uh, hear the word of uh, the Holy Spirit overshadowing you just like the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit, when he comes and overshadows, he birthed Jesus into the world. And so we just pray for the Holy Spirit to fall in a new and fresh way in your life. And we pray that through that overshadowing, that tabernacling, Mm -hmm. that you would birth Jesus into the world, into that mission context that you you, you and only you have been called to. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, the Lord's um, bringing me to the uh, the story of the loaves and the fishes, and he's highlighting specifically for all of you listening today um, to the little boy who has a few fish. And um, in his life, he had some small gifts that would have served him well over yeah. the course of time. Um, but he actually offered those very natural gifts to the Lord Jesus, and he multiplied them to feed thousands. And so... I just want to speak over all listening that the gifts you've been given in your life, they're in good hands with Jesus, that you don't need to find a way to keep them to yourself so that they can sustain you, but rather in giving them to him, he'll sustain you and all those around you. So Jesus, I pray right now for an open humility Mm -hmm. for everyone listening, a humility that doesn't um, seek to um, withhold, but a, a humility that offers everything over in trust. And Lord, I pray that you would take the gifts given today and multiply them. The yeah, uh, and and Jesus, as we speak that word of humility, um, I, I pray that anybody whose who's experience of, of the charismatic dimension of our Catholic faith has been marked with skepticism or even mm-hmm. hostility, Lord, that those wounds could be healed right now, mm-hmm. um, that, you'd, that you would uh, give us the grace to repent and to um, allow you to accomplish things that we didn't know were possible in, mm-hmm. in reconciling past experience, Jesus, even in flooding our hearts with forgiveness for past deceit or uh, abuses, um, and and Lord, I, I pray that nothing could stand in the way, that no no work of the enemy could stand in the way with your desire for the impossible work that you call us to and also equip us for. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Friends, amen. Uh, the Lord has the Lord has work for you to do, mm-hmm. and. Uh, as Sam was witnessing, and as we've seen here at Damascus, and we've witnessed today on on the show, that uh, if that's if that's a work of of 
um, a ministry of, of healing, if that's prophecy, if, if that's a new expression of prayer, get ready. Um, get ready to receive more. And, and we pray in Jesus' name that what God has done here at Damascus and what he's done through each of us, mm-hmm. that, that that would be accomplished in a powerful and real way through you mm-hmm. um, and in your life. And we believe that it, that it can come to pass. So Holy Spirit, we love you and we love living in relationship with you. Thanks for joining us, friends, today for Beyond Damascus. Continue to, to tune in. Uh, it's gonna be a wild summer. Um, we've got, we've got a, a whole host of amazing guests who will be here with us through the course of this summer. Um, like I said, even here in our Equip Conference, we've got, we've got a couple more shows coming at you that, that you'll be hearing over the next few weeks. But buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. And uh, we want to thank our, our gracious hosts at St. Gabriel Radio here in Central Ohio um, for making the studio possible, for making the show possible for so long. We love you guys. We're blessed by you. And um, we've, got, we've got an event with St. Gabriel coming up here in the Diocese of Columbus. If you're local, the Rescue Project with Father John Ricardo. Check out stgabrielradio.org. Do you know? Check out stgabrielradio.org. If it's not that, I apologize, St. Gabriel. <laughs> and you can find it by Google because you're powerful people. We love you. We'll see you next week. God bless you.